0: The Pre-Med Year, session number 275. Hello, and welcome to the three-time Academy Award-nominated podcast, The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. And welcome to the pre med years. I am excited to have you here today. If this is your first time, thank you for joining me. If this is not your first time, then you are going to be like our guest today. Our guest today has been listening to the podcast for several years, and now she is on the podcast after a successful pre med journey or a reboot to her pre med journey after doubting herself while in undergrad, after getting a bad grade and figuring or thinking that she wasn't smart enough or couldn't do this. And we dive into all of that self-doubt and worry and the journey that took her from wanting to be a physician to completing her undergrad and training as a nurse to now multiple acceptances to medical school, realizing her dream of getting into medical school and ultimately to become physician. So we talked to Aisha all about her journey and so much more. Aisha, welcome to the pre-med years. Thanks for joining me.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on the podcast that I've listened to for so many years now.
0: I'm excited to, I I always love having students who have been listening for a long time, then be guests because it's hopefully listening to the podcast has brought you to this point uh, where you are in your, your path of success.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: When did you realize that you wanted to be a physician?
1: So this question is always a funny one, because when I was younger, I've always said that I wanted to be a physician, but it wasn't until I started um, high school and was transitioning into college, that I wasn't really sure if medicine knew exactly what I wanted to do, but I always knew that healthcare was the field that I wanted to enter Primarily because I come from a family of nurses. My mom is a nurse, my aunts are nurses, and I always grew up hearing their stories about the different patients in the hospital or just being very intimately close to their work schedule as healthcare professionals.
0: What was it about hearing their stories that that made you go, oh, I want to be a nurse? Because there there are a lot of kids out there whose mom Mm. and grandma or, or dad or whoever are nurses, but they have... They don't want anything to do with that career.
1: Well, I think for me growing up, you realize that health is an equalizer in a, in a way, regardless if you're a president of the free world or if you're a janitor of a, a building, if your health is not intact, you cannot be a contributing member to society. And I got that theme a lot through their stories and I knew that I wanted to be able to get individuals back to their baseline of where they can contribute as much as they, as they want and care to, to, to society through establishing um, great health.
0: You mentioned that you had this thought about being a physician early on, but you didn't ultimately take that path to begin with. What, what was the decision to go into nursing after you had thought about going to be a physician?
1: Sure. So I attended Georgetown for undergrad. And um, when I was there, I always come in contact with a lot of pre-med students that had such strong conviction for medicine. Like they knew as soon as they came out the womb that they wanted to be (laughs) doctors. And at that time, I didn't have that strong conviction because I had a lot of interest. I had interest in international health, um, interest in international affairs, and just this global perspective that I didn't know at the time that I could really incorporate within um, medicine specifically. But uh, I wanted to explore that field more. And so, again, like I mentioned before, I really wanted to go into healthcare, and I thought, well, if I'm I'm not 100% sure about medicine at this moment, you know, nursing is always a great field. Uh, but that transition of me really wanting to go into medicine occurred when I actually started working as a nurse following graduation from undergrad.
0: Did you feel like you were giving something up like, Oh, I've I've had this thought about being a physician and and I'm kind of settling to be a nurse. Or were you super excited to jump into nursing because of all these other interests that you had?
1: It was a mixture of feelings. I don't think I settled into nursing because nursing is hard in its own. And, um, But I think the major thing for me was realizing that regardless if you're in a great field such as nursing, if it's in your heart to be a physician, you're not going to be happy with any other career. And um I realized that a lot when I started working as a nurse in critical care in DC and the floor that I work on specifically, I worked intimately with the residents, the attendings, and the interns. And through interdisciplinary rounds, I got exposure to the thought process behind them having uh forming the management plan and treatment of care. And I always had, you know, questions about uh, the pathophysiology of the patients that they were suffering from, specifically with the disease process, and you know a lot of the questions that I had were always deemed out of scope of practice for the nurse because it was going more into the in-depth patho and the treatment plan and management of care. So it was through a lot of conversations um, with individuals that I worked with, you know, friends um, that I had that were residents or med students or you know other pre-med students and also just a lot of personal reflection, you know, questioning of my intentions. Am I going into this for the right reasons? Or, you know, reflecting on, you know, some of the academic struggles that I had in undergrad and, you know, questioning my own personal abilities. So through this deep self-reflection and deciding, you know, where I really wanted to go in the future and making sure that I didn't live with any regrets. I came down to the conclusion, you know, a hundred percent that medicine is for me and that I needed to stop being in my own way.
0: You mentioned that, that thinking and going through that thinking and the thought process and, and kind of introspection. Knowledge is a very, Superficial level, where students will stop and say, "Oh, I, I want the knowledge." How did mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what did you tell yourself that you were missing or that you wanted out of your life that that kind of kicked started this journey to to medical school?
1: So I'll kind of track back a little bit, and um, when I was transitioning from undergrad into a real adult life or adulting, as some people like to say, um, I really wanted to uh, to journal a lot of what I was experiencing in the hospital in terms of the patients that I was interacting with, and then also kind of what I wanted for myself and my future. Um, and I was in Barnes & Noble, and on the checkout line, there was a a magnet that said, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? And immediately, the first thing that came to my mind was be a physician, and that was shocking to me because, at you know, being a physician, when I started working had kind of always come up, but I didn't know that it was so strong in my subconscious. And so that was kind of a point in time where I had to really dig deep into what you're saying. Like, what is it that I am missing from nursing that I can get from medicine? Because, I mean, what what about medicine will make the long road of, you know, being a pre-med student while working, then entering medical school and then residency and potentially fellowship what is it that I want out of myself? And I realized that I ultimately want to be a physician so that I can serve um, underserved and vulnerable populations, both domestically and internationally. Um, I am the daughter of Ghanaian immigrants, and I identify strongly with my Ghanaian heritage. And I know that um, through the different internships that I did when I was in undergrad, working um, with UNAIDS, and then also doing clinical rotations in Ghana itself. I realized that I wanted to have this ability, this leadership capacity, this autonomy that a physician has to really um, provide the care for patients the best way that I wanted to do so. And, And I bring up autonomy specifically because prior to me even you know, really saying medicine was what I wanted to do, I I looked at every other um, like master's program for nursing. I looked at CRNA. I looked at NP because it was a logical transition. Um, And through it all, again, those are all great um, career paths. But I knew that deep in my heart that I really wanted to be a physician and that, again, um, I wouldn't be happy if I knew that I wanted to be a physician but decided to try another career field because of um, a fear.
0: You were talking earlier about academic struggles in undergrad.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I want to see if I probe you if your academic struggles were maybe more of a motivating factor to pursue nursing than All these other things that you became excited about because maybe in the back of your mind, you doubted your ability to get into medical school because of your academic struggles.
1: Oh, you don't have to probe. That is definitely, (laughs) (laughs) that was definitely a factor for sure. My uh, freshman year of Georgetown, um, my first semester, I like to say that Georgetown was a very humbling experience. I, I excelled in high school. And so I, I think that I was going to easily do the same, um, in college, but my first semester, I was struggling in human biology of all classes, human biology. And, um, to the point where I withdrew from the course because I didn't want to end up with uh, a horrible grade on my transcript. And that was um, extremely humbling. I remember calling my mother, you know, freshman year, basically in tears, like I am a failure. I literally said those words. And I think subconsciously that definitely stuck with me because if I couldn't, you know, excel in a human biology course that was for freshman students, then how could I even imagine going to medical school? And that was something that definitely was in the back of my mind. So when I I said fear earlier, that was definitely a component, um, because I did question my abilities. Um, I questioned, you know, was I good enough? Am I smart enough? And at, at times you know, those may seem like very irrational, you know, questions to have because, you know, you're in a a great undergrad institution, you know, you're doing well in other classes. But for me, it was very personal because science was a field that I enjoyed and I knew that I wanted to be in healthcare. And, you know, to be a good healthcare provider, you have to be good at the fundamental sciences. So it was kind of a... um, it, it was kind of a, a like a winding staircase of questions and thought processes that went through my head when I was, you know, trying to make that decision. And for a while it was, you know, just simple fear. And, and going back to that, the story that happened in Barnes and Noble, when I, I saw that the magnet, it was shocking to me that it came so strongly because at that point in time, I think at that moment, I realized that it was me really stopping myself from pursuing medicine because of fear of not being able to perform well in the sciences.
0: Yeah, and so you had rationalized that you love nursing because of all these other things and just kind of pushed aside this, this other dream that you had. Absolutely. Yeah, interesting. So what would you have done differently as a freshman in college and, and moving forward to, to stay on that path?
1: stop doing the most like as typical you know pre-med students you know or typical uh I would say Georgetown students is very part of the culture to get extremely involved in um you know all these different extracurriculars that mean dearly to us but to me it was to my own detriment I um was overly involved and it took away from the time that I needed to study and um the high school that I went to was fairly rigorous. And so, you know, I thought that, you know, if I could make it through that high school, then I could definitely make it through these classes at Georgetown. So again, I was kind of coming in with this chip on my shoulder um and not really reevaluating that I'm in a different setting where they're going to expect more from me. It's not just rote memorization, but you need to think critically when you're taking these exams or when you're in these classes. And that higher level of analysis I was exposed to in high school but what they were expecting at a college level I wasn't delivering um to you know score well in my classes
0: when you finally made the decision to to start exploring leaving nursing and becoming a pre-med again what were those first steps that you took to see if this was even something you could do
1: I talk to a lot of people. Um, I am an individual that really enjoys hearing people's stories. And that's why I was really drawn to your podcast because of all the different individuals from various backgrounds that do come here and talk about their journey to medicine. And uh, I realized that I did that in real life with just wanting to talk to individuals. So, um, in terms of my postback, I did a do-it-yourself post back because ironically I was at a birthday dinner with a friend and she was telling me, like, oh, um, here is my other friend who is also a nurse and you know, going back to be pre med. And it was very, you know, ironic how it happened because we were just here celebrating a friend and now I am making a connection with someone who is kind of going in the same direction that I want to. And so she was telling me about how she went about going through a do it yourself post back at a local university in Baltimore. And I essentially did that. But in terms of the overall picture of, you know, what does it mean to, you know, pursue medicine now as a non traditional student, I talked to um, family friends who were residents or and I talked to um friends from undergrad who you know stuck the course of being pre-med and just really you know try to pick their brain as much as possible and also I Googled a lot of things but you know try to use discernment when uh you know searching through the internet.
0: In your email to me, your first email to me, talking about all the success you've had through this application mm-hmm. cycle, you mentioned that Listening to the podcast help you break through some of the pre med myths. What are some of the myths that you heard as you were going through this process, exploring this process that mm-hmm. that you've come to find out are are complete junk. Mm-hmm
1: if you don't have a 4.0 and a 515 you know, on the MCAT you're <laughs> never getting into med school. Like you know some of these outrageous things where you had to be, you know, stellar in every single aspect of your application. Like don't get me wrong, these the med schools they they want excellence, but they want it in a way that you know that it's genuine to you and that it's genuine that your passion for medicine is real. But in terms of being perfect in your GPA or perfect in your MCAT, they want good. They want good levels of those things, but not to the point that pre med students talk about. And even as um, so I did my uh post back at University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and I enrolled as uh, a non degree seeking student, and so. I was interacting with you know students that were younger than me and were you know going through college for the first time, and in a lot of these science classes, just the sheer level of competitiveness that you know some students really brought to the table um, was shocking and alarming in a way because working in the real world, you realize that in medicine teamwork is such a huge component, and to really get to where you want to be, you need to be able to collaborate with others and, you know, just be have good spirits. And I, I saw some at times, um, that wasn't reflected in all the students. However, I did find a great group of students who did display a lot of what I wanted in terms of like teamwork and collaboration. And I mean, honestly, they were just great and instrumental in helping me, you know, really succeed within my um, postback program.
0: How do you find those people? Do you do you like, hold a sign outside of your chemistry class or biology class saying seeking collaborative students to study with? <laughs> uh,
1: if only it could be that easy. Um,
0: you just I ask them I... if they listen to the podcast and then it's good.
1: I mean, I <laughs> tried to tell everybody and their mother about this podcast. Like, man, it's it's been so good. But yeah, back to your question. Um, I think a lot of it is just talking to students and kind of through their personality, um, you kind of get a better feel of individuals who uh, would definitely want to be more collaborative in nature. And then also, I'm a very inviting person. So if I say, hey, guys, I'm going to be studying for Cell Bio in this part of the library at this time, feel free to join me. Um, You know, people who show up and are, you know, contributing to the study session, those are the individuals that you end up you know, realizing that they really are here for that team teamwork atmosphere, um, and also through some of the classes, the science classes that I had, um, one was um, group learning based or team based. Sorry, was as a proper term, and so they already divided people up into their respective teams, and that in a way fostered um, you know collaboration. And, you know, some of the individuals that I interacted with through those classes, I ended up studying with through other classes as well.
0: You said that you you would put out something that you were studying at the library. Is there like a private Facebook group where students are on? How are you how are you finding these people and putting out the message?
1: Oh, no, it was just people that I interacted with in uh, in classes. It was very informal, like, hey, hi, I'm Aisha. I am a post student here, or I'm also in this class with you, you know, I'm struggling with, you know, this concept, you know, and it seems like you are, you know, pretty good at it. You mind, like, you want to study in the library? Like, very simple. It doesn't have to be some elaborative, let's make a Facebook group or, you know, a group me or whatever have you. It literally can just be me going up to someone that I see that really understands the material. And I may, you know, may not understand that concept that well. And if they're willing, that's great. And if they're not, I'll find someone else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Had. Did any students reject you based on that? Be like, wait, you're just trying to to steal my knowledge, or you're just trying to use me for for my information?
1: <laughs> well, it wouldn't be use. I wouldn't necessarily um, say. I don't think they would get the the feel that they were being used because I knew that I was bringing you know stuff to the table as well, um, in terms of like different study notes. So it was a ver- it was an exchange. It wasn't just. Hey, you have all the knowledge. Teach me. It was, <laughs> you know, it was a, um, you know, this is another aspect that I'm strong in. Um, you know, maybe if you need help in this, I can also contribute. But if there were individuals that were standoffish, it, it wasn't like by force that you know I have to study with these people or these people have to study with me. You just really go off of vibes. If, you know, someone isn't vibing with you, then that's okay. Like it's you can always find other individuals that you know would want to do so.
0: How do you fit in school, so you're doing a do it yourself post back you're adulting, you're working as a nurse, paying mm-hmm. bills, doing mm-hmm. all the things that adults have to do, which is very boring <laughs>
1: how
0: do you how do you how did you figure that out to to fit it all in and make it work financially and and continue working and do the classes that you need
1: yeah, um it's a struggle it is definitely a struggle um in undergrad, I had a work study job where I was sitting at the desk and I remember complaining, like, oh man, I have to go to my work study job. You know, fast forward, you know, a few years later and I'm balancing, you know, this post back with work. And I'm like, what did I ever complain about? Like this is, you know, ten times harder because with work, um, well, as a nurse, I worked three 12 hour shifts a week. And um there were times where I would work um a night shift and then have to rush, you know, to, to class. And I work in DC, but I live in Baltimore. So I was also commuting and that was difficult. Um, But I would have to finish a night shift and rush back to Baltimore um, for, for class, or I would, you know, work a a 12 hour day shift, you know, the whole day and then stay up, up up until, you know, 2 AM and study, so I could be prepared for class the next day. And it was exhausting, but what I, what really strengthened during that time period was my time management and prioritization skills. I learned how to say no and not feel guilty, and I did not have that skill necessarily in undergrad, and I think that's why I was overly committed and things um, that I probably should have stepped back from. But time management is key because, you know... As life goes on, life is only going to get busier, and being able to really develop these skills of time management um, is something that I knew that I was going to really need to hone in on. And I'm glad that I was able to do that throughout my post back. Um, but I also realized when things became too much, and I had great managers who were so supportive. Um, I I can't imagine having to go through this whole process without you know managers like them. But I was able to go uh, transition from full time to part time during the second year of my post back when I picked up more classes, so that I could just better accommodate a, a balance in life between you know work and school and just trying to keep my sanity.
0: What do you think was the the hardest part of making the transition from full time nurse to full time nurse plus? Part-time, full-time, post back students, working, studying for the MCATs and working on applications and all of that stuff.
1: Self-care, you know, making time for myself. I was putting everything else before me, but realize, not realizing that if I was not at my best, I couldn't be my best at all those other things that I'm juggling. And and that, you know, prioritizing yourself when you're trying to prioritize all these other things. Um It's hard, you know, you would think like, of course I need to prioritize myself so that I can, you know, just be, just function properly. But when you get caught up in the world of, you know, pre-med and, you know, applying to med school, you, you forget to, to take care of yourself. And I had to really make a conscious decision to do so. And um, once I became more conscious of it, more deliberate and intentional in my actions to prioritize myself, I think the balancing um, it was still difficult, but it became more manageable.
0: What do you think was the hardest part of the actual application process?
1: I would say the personal statement. I remember, so with my long commutes,, uh, that's how I really um, got into podcasts and then came across yours. And there were a couple of podcasts that you, had that spoke to personal statements so I found myself after listening to your podcast like talking out loud and trying to practice what would be in my personal statement or you know kind of discuss you know different things that I want to include in it and that's when I realized that shaping my story it's it's difficult how do I compress all these years of you know being an undergrad then transitioning to nursing then transitioning into being a pre-med student while being a nurse and then um highlighting my passion for medicine how do i you know eloquently put that together in one nice personal statement it was hard and i actually worked on it for months you know more times than others but it took me a while to really get to a personal statement that i was happy with
0: what did you find to be the the ultimate um benefit or the ultimate help in putting together that story? What resources did you find to help?
1: So, um, outside of the podcast, I leaned on, you know, friends and family who really knew me. And so I went through multiple drafts, so many Google docs, so many different emails (laughs) and texts like, Hey, can you check this for me? And I really thankful that I have friends who are very honest, like, Okay, this is just very surface level. You need to go deeper, mm. and um, only individuals who knew me really well could do that. But also, on the flip side, I liked having individuals who didn't know me too well read my personal statement because then I could ask them, "What did you, what did you get from this personal statement? What are what characteristics or what values or themes did you get away from this?" And not while with them not knowing me so well it kind of also helped me fine tune where i need to you know better um improve on within my my statement
0: i love it in my the the next book i have coming out uh the the pre med playbook guide to the medical school personal statement i i ask that i or i tell students that give it to somebody mm. who doesn't know you yeah. and then say after reading this can you see x y or z
1: <laughs> yep
0: or what do you feel you uh, who i am or how how do you see um, me as a as a person, so that's awesome that you did that. You also mentioned the my other book, the the pre-med playbook guide to the medical school interview. Mm-hmm. You interviewed at a bunch of schools and you got a bunch of acceptances. So obviously <laughs> something worked well for you. What? Uh, it's it's fun. I don't think I've ever had a, a guest on here that's read the book to for me to ask about the book because um, mm-hmm. it's still relatively new. How did the book help you craft your story for your interviews?
1: Yeah. So the aspect of the book that I really enjoyed was after about each chapter, you had a portion of um, like a transcript of when you were actually working with students and when you had them redo their answer to a certain question after you giving them feedback. So it's a different, you know. It's different when you're reading a book where they're just giving you the various types of questions that you may be receiving, you know, within interviews. But actually having that um, that transcript of you interacting and working with students and hearing their first response to the question, then giving feedback and then, then responding and you being able to actually see the difference and how they responded mm-hmm. um, was very helpful for me, especially when it came to the very generic but essential tell me about yourself because you can take that question so many different ways and it can really set the tone for your interview. So, seeing that was, you know, vital to my preparation.
0: Did the tell me about yourself question ever come up in your interviews?
1: Every single one. <laughs> <laughs> like every single interview without a fail. I mean, it started off casually like tell me about yourself and you had to, you know, go into that.
0: Yeah. And the the thing that I always talk about is you you hope that something you say triggers them to go, oh, let's talk about that. That sounds interesting. <laughs> hey, were you able to get to that point where they wanted to go talk about something that you mentioned?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I um within my tell me about yourself question, I also liked how in the book you were um you would encourage students to really bring up different values or themes within their tell me about yourself question versus just reading off their resume in terms of I was born in this year mm-hmm. and then I went to this and that <laughs> um Boring. and so I exactly Snoozefest. <laughs> but yeah. um so I uh really highlighted my values of family and building community um because community especially is a, a, a value of mine that was emphasized throughout my upbringing um, and then also I found myself you know always searching for community in every as- in every place that I went um, you know if it is an undergrad or you know my job after graduating from college or even in my post spec and I knew that I wanted to find a strong community that really identified with what I want in terms of you know working for the underserved and um, vulnerable populations and so when I would bring that up in my the tell me about yourself it really led to a lot of the community service work that I did, um, a lot of the different populations that I worked with as a nurse, and it got into the the areas of the interview that I wanted to talk about because that's you know what I wanted to highlight throughout my interviews.
0: Why do you think you were so successful having multiple acceptances to great schools um, through this process? Uh, I
1: think a lot of it comes down to for me personally, is prayer. Um, I, faith is a, a huge aspect for me. And I always found myself, you know, of course, being nervous, of course, um, at times even questioning the process, but some things are out of your control. And you know that if you put your best foot forward, um, then you can't you can't blame yourself, and so when it got to the point where I had read over my personal statement a thousand times, and had you know friends and family read over it, or I like looked over my med school list, you know, so many times, or talked to so many different people, I knew that I put my best foot forward, and I had to just really let you know God do the rest. And being able to just not overly stress about things that are out of my control, I think contributed to my success because I knew that there was a higher power in place.
0: Not stressing on things that are out of your control. I love that. I I talked about that recently Mm -hmm. on a Instagram Live or Facebook Live or somewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. I I have a picture in my office that it's a Venn diagram with two circles that says Mm -hmm. things that are important, things that you can control, and then the overlap with a a small shaded area that says what you should focus on. Uh, (laughs) Because,
1: That's so true. Yeah, oh there, there are so
0: many things, so many questions I get from students. Like, how is the school going to, to interpret multiple MCATs? How is the school going to look at the C? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, you can't control how the school's going to look at your application. You can't control how they're going to see exactly. that one small grade or whatever it is that you're worried about. Just keep pushing forward and doing the best you can and let, let the rest play out.
1: Yeah, and that's so true. I echo all those sentiments.
0: Well, Aisha, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. As we wrap up here,
1: mm-hmm.
0: for a student who is going through this process now, who is doubting themselves because of the grades they're getting now or the the struggle that they're having in undergrad and really maybe starting to look towards a plan B, now that you've gone through this process, you went to your plan B, yet that that small voice in the back of your head was still, come back, come back to me. <laughs> um, how, what do you say to the, the student that's struggling with that decision right now?
1: To trust the process and appreciate the journey. Um, at times, I, I definitely found myself saying, man, if I had just stuck with being pre-med in undergrad or, if I had just you know not doubted myself that this whole process would have you know been quicker and easier. But what I realized that this journey has been so much more meaningful because I have a stronger sense of why and my purpose is clear. And I would not have that clarity and that immeasurable sense of sincerity of going into medicine if I had not gone a very nonlinear path to medicine. So to individuals who are questioning themselves or questioning their abilities, I would say trust the process and believe in yourself. Surround yourself with folks who will uplift you and empower you to be the best version of yourself that you can be so that you can achieve what you want to achieve. And, you know, keep striving, keep thriving, and it will all work out for the best in the end.
0: All right, there you have it. Again, that was Aisha talking about her journey from pre med to nurse to critical care nurse to now back to pre med and with multiple acceptances to medical school. I hope you can take a piece of information from this podcast, learn something from it, apply it to your journey, apply it to your life, and help you be more successful on your journey to medical school. We talked a lot about the books that I have written. The the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Interview is available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, everywhere where you can buy books. And the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Personal Statement is coming out as I'm recording this in a couple months in August of 2018. You can sign up to be notified when that comes out by going to personalstatementbook.com. And just like Aisha had mentioned, the best part of the interview book, which I agree with her, it's the best part, is the transcripts of answers from students, my feedback, and then their new answers with my feedback given to them. The same thing is in the personal statement book. So you'll see a draft personal statement. You'll see my feedback and then you'll see new personal statements, final drafts of these personal statements after my feedback is applied. You'll also see great final drafts from other students still with my feedback, still critiquing final drafts of how to make it possibly better. Obviously the students did great and and a bunch of them are in medical school or have been accepted to medical school, but I still left some, some good feedback, I think, that uh, they could improve on their even their final drafts. So that book, personalstatementbook.com, again comes out August of 2018 for the paperback. The ebook will come out earlier than that. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the pre-med years. <laughs>